Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Charles Upton, U-P-T-O-N, and he's just published a book in October 2021 titled The Alien Disclosure Deception, The Metaphysics of Social Engineering. Fascinating book, great book. Really loved reading the book. This is not his first book. He's also published a book that I've seen quoted in some of the books that I've been reading. This book is The System of Antichrist, Truth and Falsehood in Postmodernism and the New Age, published 2001. Also, Vectors of the Counter-Tradition, the Course and Destiny of Inverted Spirituality, 2012. Yeah, that's actually counter-initiation, but close enough. <laughs> Sorry, I must have misread, uh, mistyped that. Okay. Dugan Against Dugan, a Traditionalist Analysis of the Fourth Political Theory, that's 2018. And some of the material in Charles's book actually very uh, kind of plays into some of these earlier interviews I've done this year in 2021 on two books having to do with subject matter that's included in Charles's book. One is, the title of the book is The Believer, Alien Encounters, Hard Science, and the Passion of John Mack by Ralph Blumenthal, and Adam Gowrightly's Saucers, Spooks, and Kooks, U.S. Disinformation in the Age of Inquirious. These are both early 2021 books. But getting back to the alien disclosure deception, really fascinating book. Loved reading it. I learned a lot in this book, and uh, there's a lot of really good questions and insights, so I highly recommend people check this out. But Charles can talk more about that. So Charles Upton, welcome to the show. Well, glad to be here. So, Awesome. Well, thanks for agreeing to the interview. For people who may not have heard your background, may not be f- familiar with your earlier work, can you talk about this book and how some of your earlier research added into the alien disclosure deception? Well, you know, being of an age when I could be, uh, you know, of the, the hippie counterculture, one of the, the beliefs that was floating around along with every belief conceivable at that time was... Uh, you know, the idea of this, the benevolent space brothers. So that was in the mix. <clears throat> so, um, and basically that, that period of my life got me interested in spiritual seeking, which really never stopped and which led me ultimately in, um, in um, 1988 to uh, join with the Sufis who are the uh, Islamic mystics. And, um, it's been a very central influence in my life. And uh, uh, that and my background in the peace movement, I uh, worked with, uh, well, in, in, in the 60s, I was sort of a hanger on with the anti-Vietnam uh, protests. You know, if, if 
if somebody says, hey, man, there's demonstrations, I said, hey, man, I'll be there. Sometimes I drove people around. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't really deeply involved, but that was part of the scene. Then in the 80s, my wife and I were involved uh, in a, with a Presbyterian church, of which we were elders of a Presbyterian church in Marin County, California, which was doing the sanctuary movement for Central American refugees. The idea was if the U.S. is training death squads uh, to kill people in El Salvador at the war college here and elsewhere, uh, and if this is driving people out of Central America, uh, then we, we as Americans have a duty to take them in. This was the, the theory at that point. Immigration is different now, not entirely different, but you know it has other elements. That, uh, so I don't entirely you know go along with with that uh, that view of things at, at this point. But that was I still think it was right for the time. So so having a background in spiritual seeking and activism in you know. Uh, UFOs as part of the mix of beliefs that I was swimming in. Um, it's natural that I should come up with this book. W one of the things that uh, came out of all this also was my work with the Covenants Initiative, which is um, basically based on the research of Dr. John Andrew Morrow, who during the age of ISIS brought forward these nearly forgotten treaties that the, the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, uh, made with uh, Christians and other religious groups of his time, and they uniformly command all Muslims until the end of time to uh, not to attack or rob or damage the buildings of peaceful Christians, but to uh, defend them with force of arms if necessary. If a, if a Christian church falls into, into disrepair, it's a pious act on the part of Muslims to help them rebuild it. Muslims are not to prevent their Christian wives from going to church. Now, all of this is you know, under the, um, you know, this is the direct authorship by Muhammad himself. And he said, these documents were inspired by Allah. So th th that these should come forward at the very time when ISIS was doing its worst damage was truly providential. I was very uh, privileged to be part of this. And this is still going on. The Covenants Initiative, it started in the 2013, is still going on. So uh, at that point, I, I realized that the Prophet Muhammad you know, he wanted to make a federation of all the peoples of the book of the revealed religions of his time and to defend, you know, for mutual defense against the empires around them, which were the Persian and the Byzantine Empire. The Byzantine Empire didn't always get along with the Christians on its borders, which it may, may have had different perspectives. So um, I saw, you know, if I'm going to follow the prophet, um, my responsibility is to defend the revealed religions. And then I come up against the UFO religion, which is being perpetrated at this point. And I'm seeing that, that some of the major uh, uh, leaders in the so-called disclosure movement um, hate religion. You know, they, 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 they damn it, they curse it, and they say that the UFO worship, as it were, is going to replace it. So obviously, I came into conflict with them at that point. Right. So you kind of see this. It's all the religion has its own eschatology and view that supplants the traditional Abrahamic type of religions. I mean, can you kind of maybe for people who may not know disclosure or the UFO kind of arc of the UFO world to the present? Can you kind of explain what they think is happening and what's going to happen and supposedly happened in 2021? Right. Disclosure. Well, disclosure has been going on. Disclosure. I mean, since 
probably the end of World War II. You know, there have been ambiguous statements coming out of the U.S. government about what UFOs are, and people came, you know, uh, said to themselves, some people said, this doesn't entirely add up. The government isn't telling us everything that it knows, which I certainly agree with. And so out of that developed a movement to pressure the government to uh, to reveal what it knows about UFOs. And, you know, uh, now this movement over, over time became filled with a lot of people with government connections, a lot of, you know, um, military brass, a lot of CIA agents or supposedly ex-CIA agents, you know, that fill the uh, disclosure movement. And so one wonders whether this isn't basically an infiltration of people who want to co-opt the movement and, 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 and uh, turn it to their own use. This is what I personally believe. And so uh, what I'm asking for is not just disclosure of what the government knows about the phenomenon, because it must have infinite number of records besides what have been released of, of, of these various encounters, which are certainly very real and inexplicable. But I'd also like disclosure of exactly what these spooks and, and military brass are doing in the UFO movement, all coming forward and saying, we're whistleblowers um, who, uh, you know, we know the government's been lying to you because we're part of the government. And so we know, but now we're on your side and we're going to pressure, pressure our bosses or former bosses to, to come clean with what they know. And uh, they can, they do this with impunity. Uh, but as, as many people who have been whistleblowers on sensitive subjects, know, you know, uh, whistleblowers take their life in their hands sometimes. You know, or, or you know, their their lives become you know extremely difficult. These people have just been cruising along, saying, "Yes, we're whistleblowers. We're uh, and uh, and finally, uh, I don't buy it. Right. it makes sense. <laughs> right, I don't buy it either. And you mentioned some of these people around to the Stars Academy later in the book yeah. in a Netflix special. Some of these characters, Elizondo, supposedly, a, you know, a whistleblower, but he seems to be fine. Seems to be doing all right. There's a yeah. ton of intel in that to the stars academy too yeah yeah so your position i mean you mentioned your position in the book you truly believe that these ufo experiences are happening right certainly they are and um what i would like to do I, you know personally i believe that they are uh which people are calling now it is interdimensional or you know they're paranormal you know they fit the profile of what of the beings that the Muslims call the jinn, which is a very, you know, it's a very wide angle term. There's lots of different realities under the word. The jinn, uh, they're similar to the Northern European fairies. They have something, some similarities to the Christian idea of fallen angels or demons, at least the bad, the bad ones. And um, they're just, they don't act like alien astronauts. Like I say somewhere, uh, you know, Neil Armstrong and Yuri Gagarin do not, you know, appear and disappear out of thin air and walk through your walls of your bedroom at night and hand you objects, you know, which seem to be entirely material, but later dematerialize. And this is not astronaut behavior. Right. This is spook behavior. I, I, I mean, in, in, in the paranormal, not in the intelligence community sense of the word. And anyway, but what I want to say is, I think the question of what UFOs are, and you know whether they're they're astronauts who come here through space in, in material spaceships or whether they're something else, you know, which is what I believe. 
we need to set this aside a little bit and look at one thing. One thing in this whole realm is not being looked at, which is the statements made by the people who claim to speak for disclosure uh, and, and want the government to disclose what it knows. In the Netflix original series, um, uh, Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified, and in an interview uh, that I recently saw with um, Stephen Greer, who says he founded the uh, disclosure movement 20 years ago, we have statements that taken just in isolation could not be true. They are absurd. They are contradictory. They are so far beyond the realm of possibility that, that I, I ask myself, why did we accept them? Why are we so gullible to accept these statements? Well, I think it is because somehow ideas have been falsely linked. We say, well, if I'm skeptical about what these people are saying, am I, am, does, that, does that not mean <clears throat> that I'm skeptical about uh, the reality of UFOs or I'm somehow denying the reality of UFOs? That's not what I want to do. I, I want to say UFOs are real. But does that mean that everything that, that people with government connections who have come into your movement say about them is real? No, there's no necessary relationship between those two things whatsoever. So believe in them. You bet they're real. <laughs> they keep coming and coming, and they're inexplicable. And, um, you know, th they have changed human societies since World War II but by their very prevalence and, and, and by, you know, all the uh, human responses to them. Things aren't the way they were before, <laughs> right. you know, because UFOs and uh, aliens or whatever they are loom very large in everyone's consciousness now. Now, um, I believe that there are people who, you know, we would call social engineers who said, well, they looked at, for example, uh, Orson Welles' uh, hoax about an uh, alien Martian, you know, a Martian invasion, this radio hoax, and they saw the effect of that and they said, wow, <laughs> that, re that really worked, didn't it? Now, how can we use something like that to change collective mass conscious right and that really for people who don't know that war of the world's broadcast scared the living daylights out of americans oh, people yeah. thought it was real people were running in the streets they thought yeah. it was really authentic so somebody on the intel said oh wow right so somebody yeah. said, no. if, if orson wells <clears throat> wasn't actually doing an experiment for them which i would not assert because i have no evidence of that but it makes you wonder you know but anyway uh so so um so, so this idea has, has a lot of power. And, you know, it, if the phenomenon keeps coming, I think that, that the people who, who want to manage our consciousness, you know, manage our ideas, manage our beliefs, they said, well, we can't understand this. We, can't, we cannot uh, uh, explain what this is, although I believe that some people within that world think they can explain it, but that's an entirely different level having to do with the paranormal. Anyway, generally speaking, we can't explain what this is. We don't know, what, you know, and we can't control it. And so this is, is rather disturbing, except since it keeps coming, <clears throat> why don't we just link certain ideas to it um, that will then appear to be corroborated every time a UFO appears in the sky? Because certain ideas have been connected with the phenomenon. Every time the phenomenon appears, well, that's more confirmation of our ideas that we want to uh, impose upon the American people. 
And I think that's been done. Right. So they're using this phenomenon to uh, add on whatever they want to these events, these paranormal events. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the people who have made these impossible statements, you know, for example, um, uh, Colonel Philip Corso, who is no longer with us. Well, he was in, on the, the Netflix documentary and he, he tells a story. Well, <clears throat> I was at, was it Wright Patterson Air Force Base? Maybe it was another one. I forget. It was one of the Air Force Base. I was working there. I was, I was the, the, the duty officer and uh, this, this uh, a secret shipment came in and was in the, in the warehouse. So I poked around, I was poking around trying to figure out, wonder what's in this secret uh, shipping really interesting. So I just poking around at random, and I, I opened this wooden wooden packing crate at random, and what do I see in there? It's an alien corpse, with no uh, attempt to preserve it. It's not in a hermetically sealed coffin, you know, with with temperature control. Just sitting in a, in, a, in a in a wooden packing crate with no guards, you know. Wow. <laughs> so how likely is this? Is anybody who's ever been you're involved in military or intelligence willing to come forward and say, oh, yes, this is uh, standard uh, procedure in uh, cases like this. I don't think so. I don't either. And so these are these are legion stories where these stories come out. There's even some guys out today. And you mentioned some of their names on the book in the book. They're uh, George Knapp, who's yeah. on uh, Joe Rogan, this very influential podcast. So these ideas are still getting bandied about today. Oh, and then, sure. Yeah. I mean, bandied. I mean, they're, they're getting shoved down our throats. I mean, how, how many, how many, uh, uh, history channel documentaries per week are coming out with this, you know, this, bam, bam. If you tell the same story over and over and over and over again, like we, we have, we have in possession of alien corpses, we have in possession crashed alien vehicles. We're doing back in engineering. We have developed anti-gravity, uh, uh, technology. Is any of this proved? No. It's it's all just asserted, but if you say it enough, people will say, "Oh, I guess that's the truth." Then, you know? yeah, and you but you actually dispute even whether the Roswell crash really happened with the so-called aliens, right? There's well, really... uh, I, I I follow Jacques Vallée in that, who says he has his reasons, and I forget exactly what they are or whether he actually detailed them, but he says I don't, I, I have my reasons for thinking that that, that uh, this was not actually an an alien crash, and you know. Uh, but I, I, we don't have proof of any of this stuff. Right. We have a myth. We have a, we have a constructed myth. The myth might be true in parts, but we don't know because it's it is presented as a myth, not as actual factual data that, that some scientist right. who's not in you know doesn't want to get famous on the UFO circuit or is not involved with the military and the intelligence community will believe. You know. Yeah, and you talk in your book. You talk about the virtual eraser in our time of the line between science and science fiction. Yes. So <laughs> the, uh, we know the, what happened a millisecond, a nanosecond after the big bang, right? We know what happened, except we're not sure the big bang ever really happened. You know? Right. <laughs> well, that's the, goes wild. It's what's ideal is to find some area of, um, you know, of, of uh, physical reality that, that is, hopefully impossible to ever really uh, corroborate in, in, any any uh, speculations about. So you speculate in this vacuum and you, you if if you've got the chutzpah and the ability to uh, to silence your critics and your colleagues, then you're home free and you're you are saying what reality is and nobody can disprove you because 
your assertions can neither, neither be checked by, by scientific experiment nor by data from, from astronomy. You know, they're beyond both of those limits. And so you can say any damn thing you want. And there are people who are making careers doing this. A lot of money, too. Stephen Greer yeah, is yeah. one of them. And you want to yeah, talk yeah. about the occult. He has he has that uh, lightning hitting the, the tree at the beginning of his shows, which is heavy duty Luciferianism, which is another whole story. But I think it ties actually into this whole story because you say that a lot of these experiencers and a lot of these people have some type of experience in the occult or have dabbled or done ritual magic. I mean, you mentioned... Well, that, that's that's what... Um, I forget his first name, Corbin, years ago. Yeah, Michael Corbin. And he said that was his, what he had discovered. That's right. And uh, But, you know, one, one of the stories about this now, I'm sure you've heard of the, the, the illustrious Jack Parsons. Sure. Yeah, well, okay, he, he, he had no direct relationship, as far as I know, to UFO phenomena. I may be wrong. But certainly he's he's in the ballpark because he's the point where you see the magical worldview and the scientific worldview coming together. And, you know, he was uh, a rocket scientist who, who uh, was a... Uh, Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24 co-founder of the Aerojet Corporation and, and the Jet, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He submitted early uh, designs for the Pentagon building. He has a crater named after him on the dark side of the moon. He used to call Werner von Braun for information. He used to call him up and ask him rocketry stuff. So <laughs> he had he was very well connected and all that yeah, stuff. Very well connected. But he did pagan rituals at his launchings. He said, my purpose in life is to destroy Christianity. Right. And uh, he, he was a follower of, of black magician Aleister Crowley. He and L. Ron Hubbard were, uh, uh, you know, both students of Crowley who were together in the Thelema Lodge. Uh, it was the Agape Lodge in uh, L.A. And so he was a magician. Yeah, Crowley but, called him his most important student. So yeah. he wasn't just an OTO member. He was yeah. considered by Crowley to be the most important. Yeah, yeah and, and what's interesting is, is our image of the gray alien apparently comes from an, uh, an entity called LUM that Aleister Crowley brought through in one of his magical operations called the Amalantra Workings in 1918 to, uh, in order to open a, a portal to another dimension. And he drew a picture of, of this being and there you have your gray your first right in new york city yeah so the original gray yeah so so and just to add something that i didn't notice in your book but jack parsons actually made the oath of the antichrist and you can get that so he literally put himself into the position of the antichrist yeah so it's a very important statement of his that he thought that sometimes is overlooked but i think it ties into your theme of the antichrist yeah certainly and and what's interesting is uh there's a youtube video now uh, if you can find it, it's it's a, a film of Jack Parsons doing his own little magical thing called the Babylon Workings. That's B-A-B-A-L-O-N, which is his name for a female entity that he was channeling. And he, and he, and he says, OK, uh, you see this box here? This is like an electronic Ouija board, Ouija board. Uh, 
it, 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 it has a magnetic field. And since those entities on that side can interact with magnetic fields, she can talk to me and give me simple yes, no answers. And, you know, like, like, a, like a Ouija board. So um, uh, he says, he says to the filmmaker, this is how we invoke demons. So very upfront about this. And I, I think that's still that. going on, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, that's right. I mean, in, in, on a large scale. Okay. Right. Well, that's some people have even speculated that Babylon working was what kind of opened up a veil and brought these so-called UFO entities into the greater thing. They really well, were intention of making helpful. magical change. It's uh, helpful. You know, it's, it's one. I mean, th th they can come through without magicians, but ma magicians, you know, you know, gr gr grease, grease the, the slide and make it easier for them to get through. So. Right. So there's your there's Crowley to Parsons to Hubbard goes the whole uh, mad kind of sorcerers magical tradition also occultism and anti-traditional you know abrahamic religions too out the door so those are all kind of yeah well and that's you know St stephen greer in a, a recent interview with sarah westall who also interviewed me not long ago uh was just saying boy he he, he had no attempt to conceal his hatred for religion you know he hates you know, religion. Every time you say religion, you say religious nuts, religious lunatics, super superstitious religious lunatics. You know, going on and on. And one of the things he really hates is is the doctrine of good and evil. I mean, that's you know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Excuse me. As far as I'm concerned, um, you know, it's it's like the son of Sam, for example, of those murders. I consider that an example of evil. And uh, I have a friend, Eric Galati, who is uh, investigating, reopening the investigation of um, the Son of Sam stuff. And a lot of people, a lot of more material is coming to him because, uh, you know, essentially he's he's showing larger connections in various satanic networks of, of uh, Berkowitz. And, and, and people are coming through with doss dossiers. So this is a very interesting what he's doing. I would, would consider that good. But according to Stephen Greer, you better not make a distinction like that because if, if you de uh, develop an us versus them, good versus evil attitude, this will put the Space Brothers off and they may, might not uh, you know, uh, invite to the Earth to, to join the Galactic Federation if we're too much involved in this good and evil thing. Wow. See? wow. So what you got to be is a nihilist. If you're a nihilist, maybe they'll let you in. Which, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you, you ever read uh, Robert Heinlein's uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. Yes, I did, actually, very yeah, recently. Book because I forget the name of, of the alien in there, but he's he, a total nihilist. It's know? Valentine Smith. Valentine Smith, okay. Mr. Smith was a total nihilist, and, and, and it, it, it was made to seem so progressive and so well. He's like, you know, they're beyond good and evil out there in space. Wow, maybe we could do that. You know, and uh, that was George. That was Charles Manson's favorite book, and he named one of his kids Valentine too. <laughs> I didn't true know story. That. Yeah, that's a true story. There you go. There's a lot of philosophizing in Heinlein, and Heinlein was in that same kind of community too. It's science fiction, Hubbard, and uh, those yeah. characters. Oh yeah, Hubbard. What was Hubbard's great book? Typewriter in the Sky. I never read it, but I, the title always intrigued me. <laughs> Battlefield Earth, I think, was one of another one of his. Yeah. Magnum opus. Um, but yeah, so 
do you always find it? So Greer is a perfect example of these, the character of the space brothers is has, they have a definite character, right? Well, uh, th these beings, uh, are attempting to destroy the belief in God in the human race and put themselves in God's place. Part of the doctrine of the emerging UFO religion is that we were not created by God. We were created by the UFO aliens through genetic engineering. They have been our guides all along, and now uh, we need to turn to them instead of God, which is old age thinking, and you know that's the old paradigm which will prevent the, the human race from coming into its full adulthood and join the, the Galactic Federation. You know, all we have to do is, is forget good and evil and become total nihilists, and then we can do that, but uh, religion will get in the way, and that, that's why they hate religion, because they want to be worshipped instead of God. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's also all of those occult groups and cult groups, They so many of them have this space opera that's consistent with UFO mythology. It's really remarkable. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned Marshall Applewhite. Yeah. Um, what's, yes, uh, that was a weird one. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. And you kind of actually said, I think you said that you... You made kind of a bold claim. You have the most comprehensive and definitive explanation of the UFO phenomenon today. Well, Can let, you expand let, on let that? Come forward and, and, and show me a better one, and, and th then I will bow to that person's uh, view. But I'm, I'm going to say that and see what happens. Because, you know, um, I mean, Jacques Vallée was close because Jacques Vallée was able to talk about these are physical. This is a physical phenomenon. This is also a psychic phenomenon. It's got paranormal elements. And there seemed to be human deception activities around it. And he just brought these forward. And, and I simply said, I, 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 I accepted all of that, and I, but I drew, I drew the lines. I, I connected the dots and I described why deception was part of the, um, uh, the mix in, in, in the UFO mythology um, or in the UFO, uh, human response to the UFO phenomenon. And I, th I think I did that a little more completely than anybody else I've read. So. And you kind of, I mean, yeah, I'd say that you are kind of right in there with the maybe evangelical Christians that aliens are demons. Well, part yeah. yeah, and, and I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to come at, at it from many different standpoints to establish that instead of just saying, mm -hmm. The Bible says they're demons, you know, which I agree. I, th I agree with the evangelical Christians, but they don't, generally speaking, um, look at the phenomenon fr from many different standpoints and, like, establish that, you know. Uh, although uh, better than the evangelical Christians is Sarah from Rose, who is an Eastern Orthodox, um, American Eastern Orthodox priest uh, who uh, lived in California. He was actually the secretary for Alan Watts in his pre-Orthodox um, incarnation. And then he uh, he uh, became an Orthodox priest. Uh, my wife and I actually visit, went to visit his grave up in the, the monastery of uh, St. Um, Herman of Alaska Brotherhood in Platina, California, up in the, the foothills, uh, California foothills, I mean, uh, coast range. And... Um, he, he has a book called Orthodoxy and the Religion of the Future, which I, I, I have some problems with, but his chapter on UFOs is great because he, 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 he like myself, turns both to René Guénon and to Jacques Vallée and comes up with uh, 
uh, a theory and you know and a picture of what the UFO phenomenon is. And his point is, read the lives of the Orthodox saints from late antiquity, and you will see exactly the same thing that you're seeing from the UFO phenomenon today. But you know, in 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 the, the person of uh, the various demonic entities who were being worked with by the pagan magicians uh, of those times when paganism was still strong magic was still very common this is there are plenty of stories of of uh, orthodox saints encountering exactly the same phenomena as we are today so and the, apo the apocrypha includes peter battling with simon magus right a magician at that time yeah so, yeah. so those are kind of the larger things you kind of see this the same workers of occultism magician magicianry or sorcery yeah and phenomenon yeah, yeah that this this is the tradition that uh, Rene Ganon called the counter tradition or, you know, the, the center of the counter tradition being the counter initiation, you know, uh, uh, in, initiatory groups who, whose uh, purpose is to uh, subvert and destroy the revealed the religions revealed by God. Generally, the Abrahamic religions, but certainly um, these beings ha have no love for any religion that, that that accepts the reality of God, and um, you know, they're they're um, they, they are the dark they are the dark side of the spiritual life and and, and the, the spiritual understanding. So, and it's very similar. I actually saw similarities between John Dee's sorcery and talking to the beings, and they're almost like aliens. They do the same thing. They encourage sexual depravity or you know, uh, wife swapping and weird stuff that you would see that. So the, 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 the initial, the counter initiation is getting humanity to believe these are aliens, not uh, entities from some yeah, other dimension. That doing that, but the time may come where it, it will flip around and saying, you know, I, I, I can foresee a time where someone will start to say, well, of course these beings are actually, the beings that, that a backward and superstitious Christianity slandered under the name of demons. We know that, that if you call them demons, if you will, but you know, they, they're, they're really, uh, really uh, uh, better than that. They're, you know, you, they're, you know, don't, in other words, uh, there, there's getting to be a trans valuation of all values where evil is called good and good is called evil. And, you know, Lucifer, ultimately will want to come out and say, hey, man, that's who I am. I'm Lucifer. Worship me. He can't do that yet, but he's getting closer. And, and one of the steps is to say, well, we, we believe these beings because we think they're from other planets. But slowly, and you can see in the Netflix documentary, uh, the idea that, that they are, um, you know, quote, spiritual, inter interdimensional or paranormal or as the Catholics would say, preternatural beings is already there, right under the surface. So, right, and that the name of that documentary that you analyze in all the sections is "Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified." Right. right. So you kind of go through and just show. You actually ask, "Is it really a scientific documentary, or is it a religious tract?" I opt. I opt for the latter, definitely. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I mean, you actually bring up some names of people. I've had communications with Peter Lavenda, who's also involved in the To the oh, Stars. Peter Lavenda, I mean, he's been so helpful. I could never have seen the outlines of the social 
engineering agenda since World War II, using UFOs to change human consciousness and belief systems. Without Lavenda, he has all the evidence. I mean, and and then and then he he does not accept that uh, interpretation of his own work because he's now possibly because he's now with To the Stars Academy, which is one of the major uh, entities in the uh, the disclosure movement, who's whose um, founder, uh, rock star Tom DeLonge, uh, was in communication with the Hillary Clinton campaign and John Podesta. We learned this through the, the uh, emails that uh, Edward Snowden lifted from the NSA website, which are now available through WikiLeaks. You can check it out. And they were talking about UFOs with the, with the Hillary Clinton people. And he was saying, yeah, it's, it's really coming along. It's great. And then my book, Secret Machines, is coming out in the which uh, which Lavenda actually provided a, an afterword to, so he he appears in the WikiLeaks. He might have wrote, written the whole thing. He might have ghost written the whole book. That's my understanding. Well, he, he, he yeah, he's he's is reputed to have written things that he does not uh, take credit for, yeah. like the, the um, Necronomicon. You know, as one of the a, a grimoire that, that that was as a fictional beginning in in, in uh, works by H.P. Lovecraft. But anyway, um, and and one of the things DeLong says, oh, and one of the people we should have at our uh, at our meetings really is Steven Spielberg. I'll invite him. You know, right. well, the, it, one of the things that started me off on this sense of we're, we're being you know mind controlled was uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and, and I looked at that movie and I came out and I said, this is a mind control job. And you know, I was there with my my hippie colleagues and I said, hey guys, this is this has got to be a CIA trip or something here and they said oh no 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 you don't understand this is real and this is what's going to happen you know and they were they bought it and i was pretty alone for a long time but then slowly uh you know evidence that i was right has emerged over the decades so gotcha well this is an interesting thing on lavenda if you have some time charles you can go to secrets of secret societies on YouTube, and you can watch Peter Lavenda in an OTO ritual. <laughs> so, yeah, what is? Does he have a particular uh, a magical tradition? Because I, I never knew. Well, that's a good question. I think that he came up through New York at the Magical Child, which is an occult yeah. bookstore there, and yeah, he had right. a lot of connections. But I mean, he's in an OTO ritual right here. I think he knows a lot about Crowley, but I don't yeah. know his specific one. Yeah, and you know, he could be eclectic. And, you know, I was wondering if he was Crowley, if he was the Lama, or, or if he was uh, or a New Order of the Golden Dawn or something like that. And, but, but if nothing would prevent him from learning from everybody. You know? Right. Well, I mean, if you kind of get back to Crowley, Crowley was kind of a polyglot, too, or meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, he's kind of an aggregator. Yeah, and, and in terms of magic, you know, my, uh, my mentor as a poet, which is what I used to be, a... Uh, San Francisco poet was a beat generation poet, Lou Welch. And uh, some people may know that name. And he introduced me to two people who, who really were the keynotes for my whole life after that. One was Sufi Sam, Samuel Lewis, who was, uh, you know, sort of missionary of the Sufis to the hippies in, in the 60s. And uh, the other was Carlos Castaneda. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, there was uh, Lou Welch used to have what he called the full moon muscle feast at Muir Beach, California in August, where your ticket to get in was you pick six muscles off the rocks, 
big muscles like this, you can just pick, you know, and throw them into the big pot he had when he, he would pour in, you know, white wine, chablis and onions, and that would become uh, muscles too. And so that's what would let you in. And uh, I went to one of these, you know, and he, and he was there and he was taking peyote and the Grateful Dead was there and all the hippies were freaking. And he says, Charles, come over here. There's somebody like you to meet. And I said, oh, okay. And, and there was this little guy, <laughs> this very neatly dressed in a suit and tie, you know, short, diminutive Latino guy. And I said, you will look entirely out of place, you know. And uh, he said, uh, you know, this, this is a, a, a Mr. Carlos Castaneda. I read his book, The Teachings of Don Juan, and it's my Bible at this point. And like you need me, he says, oh, well, hi, hi, man. Uh, you know, shook his hand and ran off because I had never heard of him at that point. I had not read the book yet. It was just the first book just came out. So that was Castaneda. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, you have some of the curious. Have you been around? I mean, you converse with Malachi Martin, William Burroughs, definitely have. I mean, you mentioned their names in the book. Yeah. Um, somebody asked, uh, is there any more recent movie you think we should watch besides those you mentioned in your earlier book on UFOs? Uh, yeah. Um, Mirage Men. Mirage Men, I forget who produced it, but it's uh, it, it was on YouTube free for a while. Now you have to pay. But it's a great picture of the kind of guys that I'm talking about. You know, uh, Richard Dolan and, and uh, Stephen Greer and... Um, you know, the, the, the smoke and mirrors people who, who, who are, uh, uh, you know, prominent in the UFO community now. Um, it's amazing. It, ju it just shows how they, how they operate. You, you, you're familiar with the term of, of a, a magician's patter, you know, P-A-T-T-E-R, patter. It sounds familiar. What is well, that? You know, it's, it's like the stage magician is here and he's saying, you know, and now my lovely assistant will take the sword and decapitate, blah, blah, blah. And he's talking away. And his method of talking is designed to destroy your vigilance and to misdirect, misdirect your attention. It's very well thought out. and It's, it's an art in itself. It's pattern. And these people use pattern. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They talk in, in a long series of contradictions, glibly passing from thing to thing, which, you know, and giving you no time to think and say, wait a minute, did you say? No, they just, and if you want to see how they operate, look at Mirage Men. It's a great movie. And, and it'll, it'll give you a feeling for, for, the, for the kind of smoke and mirrors, the kind of deception that is being laid down now. Because, look, if it is really true, and I think it is, that we are being deceived by these people on as important a subject as UFOs, and this has been going on for decades, I consider this to be intolerable. I consider this to be something that's got to be stopped. And I would say we need to learn to, to analyze statements. Take, don't take it out of the context. Take, take it out of, out of all the images and other ideas. He said, what? Just look at it. Figure it out. Figure out if it means anything at all. 
you'll find there's an awful lot of stuff that could not be true. And once you find something you think that isn't true, you need to get back to the person who made that statement personally and say, could you please clarify this? And if this person does not clarify it to your satisfaction, you need to publish that fact. I talked to so-and-so about how this could possibly be true, which seems to make no sense to me. And I got the run around. He didn't, he didn't answer. So uh, I'm reporting that, that, that uh, this person is not uh, responsible because we, we, we need, we need to, to deconstruct what these people are doing because it's extremely destructive. Right, that's really true. They're they're really deceiving a lot of young minds, yes. naive people, uh, wanting people. I did another thing about a kind of a UFO kind of cult, and people commit suicide. There's all kinds of negative, deleterious consequences of being involved in this UFO. You kind of actually liken it to kind of being sub, uh, subjected to demonology, but you actually state that the you, if I can quote your book, in the UFO phenomenon represents the most concentrated yet wide and widespread manifestation of this counter initiation yet to appear, and the one most successful on a mass level. I agree with you. I think I think that's really true. This counter initiation really has taken place. Yeah. I think we're past the initiation phase. Yeah. Yeah. And since I wrote that, somebody sent me a a, a file um, translated from the French by a French follower of René Guénon, who was saying forty years ago, if if some kind of actual religion is going to emerge from all this occult new age stuff, the best candidate for it will be the UFO religion. Four years ago. And he was, boy, was he right. Yeah, and here's the picture of Podesta, Lavenda, and DeLong right here, if people are watching yeah. this. Yeah. I think that's at the White House. It looks like it's at the White House, but I don't know. Or it's not really sure. like it's at the White House. <laughs> or something. It looks like a government building. Um, yeah, and you cover Rene Guénon, like you mentioned these books, you, uh, Bellet's Messengers of, Messengers of Deception, yeah. and Guénon, The Reign of Quantity and the Signs of the Times. Can you tell the people who Rene Guénon was and how, why he was important in well, this? Well, Rene Guénon was, um, a French, uh, metaphysician with a background as a mathematician. He wrote on the infinitesimal calculus, and, um, Early in the 20th century, I think mostly between the world wars, he investigated, he was a Catholic, but, but he, he felt that Catholicism had lost some of its, you know, inner dimension, or it wasn't at least understood in a deep enough way. So he was looking for other things, and he, was, he, he investigated every kind of occult or esoteric group that was active in France at that time, you know, the, the, the Gnostics, the, the, um, the, the what the Marinists, the you know, uh, the Theosophists, ab absolutely every group. And after a time, he came out and he said, "Look, this stuff is is not just, you know, harmlessly foolish. This is dangerous stuff. This is subversive." Uh, his first, almost his first, I think his first two books were um, Theosophy, the history of a pseudo religion, and uh, um, was it the Spiritist? Imposture, I think it was called. It was an um, uh, expose of, of spiritualism, and these are really these are really good. I mean, they, they, they've got a certain amount of, of of social criticism and some of the of the quality of, of the uh, conspiracy theory that we so recognize today. But they were looking. He was looking at the danger of these groups. At the same time, he was studying the actual esoteric teachings of the true religions, 
um, Islam, uh, Chinese Chinese religion, you know, fr from the tradition of, I guess, Taoism and the I Ching, um, and uh, particularly Hinduism. He wrote a classic on Hinduism, Hindu doctrine called A Man and His Coming, Becoming According, according to the Vedanta. So he, he, uh, he was finding the true esoteric teachings, not the fake or the, or the inverted or the, or the satanic esoteric teachings, but the inner teachings of the living world religions. And he made a distinction there, which is a very important distinction to make. And so, um, so he was a Catholic, and 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 he was uh, he dialogued with Jacques Maritain, you know, a famous neo-Thomist uh, philosopher in France, and you know, trying to see if um, you know if Catholicism could be returned to its inner esoteric dimension, um, which he felt was impossible. One of his one of his his major error, I'm going to say, is that he saw in Freemasonry a chance for Catholicism to regain its esoteric center, which I don't agree with at all. But, uh, and of course he knew the Freemasonry had a lot of problems. He, he was very involved in trying to reform Freemasonry. He wrote articles for, for pro uh, Freemasonic uh, journals and anti-Freemasonic journals. Uh, it's because Freemasonry gives the picture of something like a Sufi order within Christianity and that became sort of his model of what an inner esoteric Christianity would be. Whereas his uh, one of his followers, uh, uh, Fritjof Schoen, um, uh, corrected Guénon on that point, and he said, "No, actually, um, uh, traditional Christianity, Orthodoxy, and and Catholicism um, is in essence esoteric, but it's but the, the the esoteric is not separated from the exoteric." It's just the inner meaning of the exoteric. In Islam, you have, you know, the the, the jurists who, who are who are studying, you know, the, the Sharia, and then you have the Sufis who are a separate stream. They're they're not a different religion, but they're a separate stream of an, an initiatory stream uh, that deals with the inner mystical dimension. And there, there's a sort of polarity, sometimes friendly, sometimes not, between those two poles. Whereas in Christianity, they're all one, and uh, Schoen was very right in saying, yeah, it's Christianity is an initiatory uh, um, religion, and the, the initiation rites are baptism, confirmation, which the Orthodox call chrismation, and the Eucharist. And, and this is entirely in line, actually, with what Dionysius the Areopagite said in, in his book, The Ecclesiastical Hierarchy. Christ Christianity is, just traditional Christianity, not Protestant Christianity, is uh, an initiatory religion. So I agree with uh, with uh, Schuon there, not with Guénon. But in any case, Guénon found he could not uh, reform Catholicism or Freemasonry to his liking. So he gave up. He moved to Egypt and he embraced Islam and became an initiated Sufi and spent the rest of his life, uh, you know, as a practicing Muslim in, in uh, Cairo. So fascinating. Yeah. Still influential to this day. I mean, he's mentioned yeah. in a lot of different places. I mean, the, the, the reign of quantity and the signs of the times is is a prophetic book for our time, and every year becomes more relevant. Fascinating. So. And uh, we're almost at about an hour here, Charles. Is there anything you'd like to add or anything I missed before we wrap up the interview? 
Well, I don't think so. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. But, I mean, I think there's a lot more in this book. You talk about Mac. You talk about – you analyze the Netflix show. Uh, there's a lot of references in this. You talk kind of about materialism and then really – your position, which people can read about that, this UFO phenomenon is laying the groundwork for the return of the Antichrist, right? Yeah, it is. And, and uh, one of the other little elements in that book, uh, there, there's some analysis of, of post-war cinema as, as uh, basically UFO propaganda. Because uh, uh, a lot of the science fiction movies pre-Spielberg uh, in those days, like the... Um, uh, the day the Earth stood still, and particularly Red Planet Mars. I mean, these things were uh, produced by people who had been producing propaganda films for the Signal Corps during World War II, and now they come out, and, and then suddenly they're produ- still producing propaganda films, but it's for the UFO myth. Oh, the one thing I want to end with is one of the great things Lavender brings forward is that Douglas MacArthur in 1962 is speaking to cadets at West Point told them that they would have to prepare for a future war between a united Earth and the sinister forces of some other planetary galaxy. This is Douglas MacArthur, and you can check it out. I, I, I checked it out. It wasn't, Lavenda didn't make it up. There it is. So this idea of the UFOs, you know, and and a, and a, a, a global a global government, United Earth, right? Uh, they're entirely related. Either we have to have world government to fight off the alien invaders, or we have to have world government because th- that will will you know put us in line to be initiated by the good aliens into the Galactic Federation. One way or another, the goal is is uh, is global government. Right. Oh, there's so much. And you mentioned Whitley Strieber in here. I'll tell you some stuff offline. But yeah, great book. Really loved reading. Really fascinating uh, analysis of this whole disclosure deception. Again, the title. And where's the best place for people to get the book, Charles? Well, it's it's on Amazon. I mean, someday I'll I'll, I'll put a I don't have a, a button for it on my website yet. Just go to Amazon. Look at Charles Upton, the title. You'll get it. There it is. And what's your website, uh, Mr. Upton? It's um, Charles dash upton.com okay yeah that's, that's got a bunch of my books and charles dash upton. i'll put that in the show notes to charlesupton.com with a link to the book highly recommend this book again the title is the alien disclosure deception the metaphysics metaphysics of social engineering published october 2021 by charles upton thank you so much charles
Well, thank you. Great to do All it. Right. Great, Great to, to talk you. with you. All right, stay there. Don't go anywhere. Okay. Okay, that. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.